spatial analyst specialist Carlos Souza Jr. is a senior research associate at the Institute of People and Environment of the Amazon, otherwise known as Amazon. He is also a technical and scientific coordinator for Map Biomass, a collaborative network of co-creators made up of NGOs, universities, and technology companies, among others. He received his PhD in geology from UC Santa Barbara, and his work is focused on using current data and technology to increase understanding and awareness of the impact of human activity in the Brazilian Amazon. Carlos Suzo Jr., welcome to the One Planet podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And so you're really working at uh, the heart of trying to restore the Amazon and, and, and stop or reverse deforestation. And, you know, I was just reading some of these really astonishing statistics, and I almost can't believe them. When I read this, the, the Brazilian Amazon released nearly 20% more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere over the past decade than it absorbed. You know, in terms of what we always felt we counted on as a carbon sink is now emitting more. So could you just tell us a little bit what that means and, and what we can do to stop that, what you are with Amazon and Matt Biomas doing to help stop and reverse that? Okay, deforestation is a chronic problem and it releases a lot of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. That's the negative impact of deforestation. Most of these area was cleared in the past just for settlements to, to have occupation of this region in agricultural development. So there is an amount of area that the Amazon can, can be altered to implement agriculture fields, cattle ranching. And the scientists have shown that we cannot go over 25%, 30% of the original forest. So we cannot convert this amount of force because this would affect the, the overall balance, the, the bio uh, geochemical cycles. And there is a, a tipping point aspect that is, is really critical. So if, if we go to, if we cross this tipping point, we can have a climate change and a conversion to a savanna like type of environment. So deforestation has increased, as you pointed out, in the past 10 years. But let me tell you a little bit about the, this process. Most of the deforestation, as I mentioned, is associated with agriculture, cattle ranching, expansion. And we have about 20% of the original forest already converted by deforestation. 80% is for pasture lands. That's the is to put cows and raise the cows and, and sell beef. That's the essential land use economic in, in the region. There is another process, which is more recent of land speculation. So this is, we, have, we still have a lot of open areas, public areas that are open. And there is no designation for these areas, it's public open lands. They, these areas are being occupied by a process called uh, land grabbing. So people go, settle down, they usually remove the timber, commercial value trees. And this is a way to, to acquire capital and invest in cattle ranching. And sometimes these, uh, these properties, these rural properties, they, they, they 
increase the value in the markets, they sell and move on to another frontier. So we have to stop this, this type of development. So it, the, our goal here in, in Amazon is to generate information based on scientific method and provide information to policymakers, decision makers, to companies and societies as, as a whole to uh, guide the, the land use in, in the Amazon in a more sustainable fashion. It's possible to balance this demand for food production and maintenance of the, the, the forest ecosystem. So, but the, the, due to this land, land grabbing process, and we, we are now facing more deforestation. Brazil has succeeded in reducing deforestation. That's another important point that I wanna raise. In 2004, we had the second large, largest peak of deforestation in this region, in the in Brazilian Amazon. And this was almost uh, 28,000 square kilometers. It's a very large area. And Brazil implemented a, a program to reduce deforestation, which involved local governments from municipal level, states, and federal governments, the civil society organizations such as Amazon and the private sector. sector. We, we had a drastic decline in deforestation from 20, 8,000 square kilometers to about 5,000 square kilometers per year. That's the largest reduction in carbon emissions in, 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 this, in this century. But after 2012, we have this uh, trend, new trend of increasing deforestation associated to the issues that I, I, I explained. But the, the implementation of this project the, that control deforestation is feasible. It's, it, it depends on political will. We, we, the society as a whole in Brazil uh, wants to, to keep the forest. That's, that's been already uh, discussed and debated. In general, Brazilians, they want to, to keep the Amazon because it's a natural heritage. I, I usually say that it's a big responsibility of us Brazilians to keep this forest for future generations. But the political will now is, is, is push development in this region. And how does technology and information help us accelerate the reforestation or at least reduce the deforestation? Okay, good question. Let's uh, start with reducing deforestation. We, we use satellite data and monitor deforestation every month. We, we had this vision back in, in 2006 that we need to, to keep track of deforestation every month and discuss this with the entire Brazilian society every month. The, the idea in the past, Brazil had hyperinflation. Economic was, wasn't really bad. And I, I was, when I was a kid, I remember that this hyperinflation. Phase. Every day, Brazilian, Brazilians were tracking inflation statistics. And that's what the, the kind of visions that we, we had in Amazon. Let's make sure that we Brazilians and, and the world knows what's going on every month about deforestation. So we, we implemented the deforestation alert system and report every, every month deforestation. One way we, we, we succeed in using this, 
this information was to partner with local governments, municipalities. They received the, the, the deforestation alerts that they were able to quickly act against illegal deforestation. That's, that happened when we had this drastic decrease in deforestation. We involved initially 10 municipalities in my state, the state of Pará, that engaged in a program called Green Municipalities Program. And those 10 municipalities, they, they were in a blacklist. They were the top deforesters in, in, in the Amazon region. And they, they, they had to sign a pact for zero deforestation, local pacts. So the information allowed them to, to perceive, to understand the, the problem better. And also allowed them to act strategically in critical areas. In, in, in some cases, the activity that was being developed was not producing any economic benefits. Charcoal production, for example. They were cutting down the trees to produce charcoal. And it, it involved children in this type of work. They were not collecting taxes. It, so in general, was not good for, for society, for the local economy. It was really making the municipalities the whole economy of that municipality really bad. So they, this reverted the, the perception and allowed them to engage with the, the program to reduce deforestation. And of course, the authorities, they have to be involved. We, we partnered with the public prosecutors. And that's a, a very key uh, strategy of our program to, to provide information to public prosecutors so, they, so that they can also support forest uh, law enforcement. So the, the, all the lessons that we had through this phase uh, that we reduced deforestation, the Brazil had the reduction of deforestation, they are still valid. They can still be implemented to, to, to control deforestation. We, I, I think you, you mentioned, you want to talk also about map biomas, right? Can I bring the map biomas? When we, we decided to create map biomas, our vision was, okay, the Amazon region is well served in terms of information. We have maps, we have monitoring systems, we understand well the land use because we are monitoring, we're generating the information regularly. And the other biomes in, in, in Brazil didn't have the same type of information. So Tasso Cevedo and myself thought about, okay, how can we replicate the, the type of system that we have in the Amazon biome to the other biomes in, in Brazil to, to allow the country to have a, a full understanding of land use, and forest uh, cover change, not only in the Amazon, but, but all, all the other biomes. So we, we were able to identify other NGOs, universities in Brazil, and some uh, startup companies emerged in this process as well, as well, that the companies that are pushing the technology uh, aspect of the project. And we now have the same level of information that we had for, for the Brazilian Amazon in place in the other biomes. For example, in the Caatinga 
Pion, they launched the deforestation, deforestation alert system this, this year. It's operational now. And they, this allowed them to, to take care of this very important ecosystem, which is a semi-area type of ecosystem. So information is key because it's, it's factual, it's very transparent because it, it can be repro reproduced by others. We, we, have, we have our policies to, to, to have open, open source software. And by the way, we use data provided by NASA, by the European Space Agency, and also the technology uh, provided by Google. There is an, an amazing platform called Earth Engine, which allows to process large amounts of data and extract information from, 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 from the satellite images and quickly release this to the society. That's the, the, the key aspect. We need cloud computing technology to do this type of uh, project, such as MapBiomes. That's so exciting. And what can you learn from, because this is aerial, right? You, you have a certain amount of knowledge of you know, going to places and being on the ground, but what can you learn from these aerial views or from this being able to cover, I believe you can cover immense territories that just was unimaginable, you know, even in the last decade. So you, being able to see things and, and retrack and go back over years and see, oh, this is what it was in the last decade, in the last five years, in the last year. So what does that tell you that you weren't able to do when you were just covering it on the ground, when you were all these disparate, you know, distant organizations that were not able to collaborate and share information, as you say, in the cloud. So as I said before, it changes the, the perspective of the problem. You have a better understanding of the problem. We can quantify, for example, how much force is left in, in a certain municipality, in a certain region. We can identify conservation units, units uh, in indigenous territories that are under threats. And this information is, is very important to quickly show to the society, to, to show to the authorities to, to act against a, a illegal deforestation protected territories. We, 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 we are using now, we have a model that allows us to predict the risk of deforestation. We need the historical data. We need to understand the trends that in land use, the dynamics that happened in the past to better predict future deforestation. If and we will we'll release this model, the new deforestation risk model uh, in two months, in about two months, it, we expect that people can anticipate the problems. They, they know the risk areas, the local government, local policy can anticipate and avoid deforestation. So it brings a different perspective to, to have the information. To, to give you a, a very interesting uh, example of my experience, back in the early 90s, when I was in a, my first project at Amazon, we want to identify areas for forest management, conservation units for forest management in the state of Pará. And we didn't have updated maps. We had to do a lot of assumptions about where the deforestation frontier was, what were the, the remaining natural resources for different regions and propose areas for conservation units for forest management. So it, it's really hard to do any land use planning without information. That's 
it was back in 1993 and 1994. That's when I decided that I need satellite data to, to have a quick diagnostic of the problem and be able with this information to, to design better planning for, for these uh, regions. So as a result, Amazon was involved in, in many projects to establish new protected areas. I was involved in at least the creation of 25 million hectares of protected areas. That's really significant as part of my, I'm so proud of being part of these uh, initiatives. We allowed uh, the decision makers to, to have the information to decide where they should allocate areas for protection. And these protected areas are, are very important in, in the Amazon. We have about 50% of the territory protected. It's either as in indigenous lands or conservation units. We have conservation units for full protection and conservation units that is allowed some level of management, land use uh, without deforestation. So these areas, they serve as a buffer against the, the, the new deforestation. They protect the territory. And without this type of information, we cannot design where we should allocate. The, these areas that I mentioned, they were strategically allocated near the new deforestation frontier, the areas that the deforestation was advancing to allow this uh, process to, to create a, a barrier against new deforestation. They were effective. There are several scientific publications showing that uh, several of these protected areas are really effective to stop deforestation. Thank you for all the information so far, Mr. Souza. Going off of what you just discussed with protected areas and going back to when you mentioned the cattle ranching, what does it mean uh, for a sustainable Amazon? Like, what does, it, what does that mean? And then how can people outside of Brazil help people in Brazil reach this goal? Yeah, that's, that's a, a very important uh, issue. We, I think outside Brazil, the way that the Amazon is connected is usually through agricultural products. We export a, a lot of agricultural products, including beef. So as a consumer, it is important for you to understand the source of your, of your goods, the, of the agricultural goods that you are uh, purchasing. It's really important to, to track the orange. So we don't want to buy beef that is associated with illegal deforestation, with any type of invasion of protected areas. That's really one of the things that we are doing here is to, to make sure that we have information that allows companies to show to the market that they, are, they, are, they have a pre-deforestation product. So we... That's how I, I can see in practical terms how we can connect with you and any other people in, in this planet. It's to, to provide information that will allow you to, to select this product or this other product. We understand that for, for sustainable development of this vision, we need to have a good economy going on. We cannot protect, the economy is important because there are about 25 million people living in this region most of the, these people depend on agriculture activities, but there is a way to do that in balance with nature. And so as a consumer, please ask to your supermarket to, to tell where this product is coming from. If it's, if, it, if it's from the Amazon in any other region, if they are taking care of the environment and respecting uh, people as well.
It was an honor to be able to participate in the interview with someone like Dr. Souza, who has dedicated his life to preserving the Amazon. People like him give me hope that environmental conservation and restoration can happen even in the midst of times where economic progress is usually valued over environmental sustainability. I am Malena Bufagni, and I am a university collaborator with the One Planet podcast and the co-host and associate producer for this interview. I'm a rising second year at UC Berkeley, and I'm intending to double major in environmental economics and policy and society and the environment. In the future, I hope to pursue environmental law to be, to be able to challenge decisions about the environment on a direct basis. In my studies, I focus mostly on the intersection of the environment with policy, so hearing about Dr. Sousa's research has given me insight on how the data used as the basis for policies collected. I had never considered how deforestation is measured before, so hearing about spatial analysis and technology was a first for me. I also admire him for his dedication to the Amazon. During the interview, he talked about how he had always wanted to focus on preserving it from a young age, and his research shows the love for the area, having been focused on cataloging its changes for the past 30 years. The task is extremely important as it measures humanity's impact on the surrounding environment and the ecological changes that result from the disruption. Through describing the municipality program, Dr. Souza also gave me insight on how progress relating to the environment can be made on local and state levels, even when the national administration isn't as environmentally focused. Dr. Souza made sure to include how we can all have a positive impact even from our homes by advocating for the Amazon through social media and by communicating the importance of the Amazon to our elected officials. Also regarding how we can make even greater change on an individual level, he mentioned calling attention to companies who sell products and goods that are illegally sourced in the Amazon to help stop the economic incentive behind the spread of illegal deforestation in the area. All in all, Dr. Shuza informed us about both the technical and the social aspects of the issue of deforestation in the Amazon. His ability to connect technology with action is what makes him one of Brazil's current leading environmentalists. And what are some, I know there's the Forest Stewardship Council and there's a number of bodies that are, sometimes people say, you don't do enough in terms of providing that complete information. You know, it's just a label, but doesn't give the specifics. But what are some of those organizations that you look for in order to verify the sustainability of the things that you purchase or, you know, the companies you support? So uh, the certification helps. They, they follow very strict protocols but it's still expensive to implement a, a full uh, certification protocol. Organizations like Amazon and even MapBiomas. MapBiomas, by the way, just released the report, the deforestation report for Brazil, showing the, how much of the deforestation is legal. It's, it's very low level of legality. Is it still possible to have legal deforestation, like for mining and some projects they require, they have license to, to do deforestation, they will compensate that. But it's about 95% of the deforestation in Brazil is illegal. So by providing information, I think we, we can have a stepwise approach for certification. We, we can, for example, if you know at least that you are purchasing beef for, for certain municipalities. How is deforestation in this area? How, how, how uh, 
uh, well are they managing this this landscape this kind of information is available now i think we, we can push the to the markets it's it, it depends on the companies the the agro industry to connect their products with the orange so there there is plenty of information but when you go to the very detailed certification lab it's another step which is still uh, a niche it's very local we don't have i think the the, the idea of certifying landscape is, is is more efficient now as a first step to guarantee for example there are several regions here that the deforestation frontier is stable now. They are producing and they are improving also. You mentioned the uh, restoration. There are producers that they, they, they are engaged in forest restoration because they, they clear too much lands. And there is better way now to, to do cattle ranching that's more intensified instead of extensive cattle ranching. And, and they don't need all this open land. So they are engaging in, in restoration, implementing agroforest systems as, as part of the, the, the activity. So if we know where these landscape are, if we know where they, they are managed this, I think we can quickly reach the markets. And this the certification as it is now is a niche. It, it doesn't help much because the scale of the problems is very large. We need to, to track the, the landscape. And by, by doing that, we can encourage other regions to change their land use practices. Because if, if there are markets and values, municipalities, landscape, they are doing well. Other landscape that are outside these markets can change. That's one possibility that we envision. And the the beauty and the magic of forests, I mean, I, I haven't had the privilege of ever visiting the Amazon, but what the forests, or not just in the Amazon, but what forests give to us, you know, you mentioned being both, you know, a, carb, a, a naturally occurring carbon capture, capture technology that we have, we, we don't have to put anything into it except just allow them to thrive. And, and just this, and then I, I did an interview recently uh, with Suzanne Simard, who has studied the um, communication process of between trees and this kind mm -hmm. of subterranean communication. So they have their own language as well. Mm -hmm. and the, And it's all about helping protect us, giving us the air we breathe, um, the wisdom of trees. It's so special. I'm just wondering what some of your personal memories as someone who's dedicated their their lives to, to forests and, and, and helping restore them. You know, I, I don't know what your experiences are in terms of, you know, visiting the forests, maybe, you know, dealing with indigenous peoples and, and their knowledge. And I, from my Personal experience, I, aside from my research interests, I, I, I love being in nature. I, I had the privilege to, to be part of a project, a global project called the Wellbeing Project. I don't know if you, if you are aware of this. It's supported by several foundations. I, I, I joined the, the program in 2017. I, I learned much more 
about the importance of nature when I connect it to my well-being. It's really fascinating. There are a lot of studies showing that if you go wild, wild go to nature, it has positive effect. In the, the Japanese scientists have shown that the, the air that we breathe inside the forest has chemicals that are good for our immunity system. So there are a lot of science, science being done in this aspect. And during the COVID, I, I, I'm privileged that I, I have property nearby the city that has a forest patch. I spend too much time there with my, my kids, with my wife, on trails. And this really helped us to, to go through this process. So I, I, I even see the importance of keeping the forest when we connect. I think if we, one, one possibility that I envision, it's kind of crazy idea, yeah, is, is to take people to, to the forest for well-being practice. This will allow them to quickly understand the value of, of, of this ecosystem in nature in, in general. If somehow we, we, we switch this perception from the urbanized mode of living to a more nature's type of living, people will value more the, the uh, forest ecosystem in nature in general. But I, from my, my personal perspective, I, I, I see directly the benefits of, the, of being in contact with nature. Uh, there are a lot, I, we, we need to make a tremendous effort to encourage people in general to, to go and experience this type of, uh, of uh, practice uh, connected to nature. Uh, my, my kids, they, they didn't like much to, to go on, on the trails and they were complaining. They are in this apartment, video game, internet collection mode. But first time, second time, third time, they were laughing, they were enjoying. So I was very happy that I had the opportunity to, to offer them this, this possibility. Yeah, I have a similar experience that during COVID times, I really started to appreciate the outdoors a lot more, I think, because I think it, like what you were mentioning, it gives a peace of mind in a way, and it makes you really appreciate like what we've always had, I think, and I don't think we've really paid attention to it enough in the past. And I also have a question kind of touching on the municipal. Uh, government, local government, municipality programs you were discussing. On a federal level, it's to my understanding that the current president of Brazil has increased deforestation and has promoted policies that are detrimental to the environment. So does how does Map Biomass, Amazon, even you personally, how do you interact with the current administration to kind of prevent some of the damages that um, could be happening? So that's an uh, issue. For the success of the reduction in deforestation in the past, the federal government was like the foundation of the program. So it was the, the key implementer of this, this program. We had the Amazon Fund, which is a fund that was acquired by results. First, Brazil showed that it was possible to reduce deforestation, then governments such as Norwegian government, Germany, 
they started financing the implementation of the Amazon fund. So with the current government, so we had a, a total dismantling of, the, of these policies. That's a shame of Brazil. We have virtually zero interaction with the current government because they shut the door. They, they, they stopped interacting with not only Amazon, with all the, the civil society organizations, organizations in general, not only from the environmental uh, sector, but also for, for social work in general. But we had to find a, a different uh, way to, to overcome this. First is, is to connect directly with the local governments. They are still, they're still open for that because they, they are the one that suffer the direct consequence of deforestation, the direct consequence of being out of the markets if there is illegal deforestation. So there is a social economic negative impact if they are really tied to, to illegal deforestation. So this year, we, we, should, we, we have hope because uh, several municipalities, they said, okay, we, are, we really want to, to engage in a local program to, to reduce deforestation. So there is hope for that. And key aspects for, for this now, Melina, is to, to do partnership with local NGOs, local companies, local governments, because the government is not acting towards um, more sustainable development of this region. Secondly, we, we need to inform, keep informing the general society with scientific-based information because we are in the era of fake news. So we have to just deconstruct all this misinformation that's been released. That's putting more pressure on, on, on us, uh, the organizations that are generating information. So the, the public prosecutors, there are other organizations, uh, I would say technical staff from federal and state or organization that were in, involved in the past, they still want to, to do their, their, their job and work for a better uh, sustainable development in this region. So we, we signed a kind of renovation technical uh, cooperation program with the public prosecutors in our states last week. So we are so excited because a group of public prosecutors working directly in these municipalities, they really want to find an, an alternative. So right now we, we, we are working with local partnerships. That's the, the strategy. It is also important to reach out you that is not here. It's really critical. You guys understand what's going on here. And any, any positive pressure asking your, your congressman to make sure that you are not allowing legal deforestation type of products inside your country, helping the, the, the Brazilian society also providing support for organizations, the grassroots organizations that are upfront 
fights in, in Liga de Frustration. It, it's really critical. So we we hope that there will be change. Uh, so this, this this change will be from bottom up. And another thing that I mean, I really uh, would love to see, as I understand about this certification process, which I think is so important, but it's almost like the basic step, because others, in, particularly in uh, more developed countries, like in Canada, they have a big deforestation problem as well. Uh, Susan Simard was just, we were just talking about this. So almost like all the forestry companies in Canada have the, the Forest Stewardship um, Council rating, but it doesn't really mean they're not all equal. So I just feel like how you're taking, how um, with Matt Biomas and Amazon, how you're taking advantage of the technologies. Why can't now when everyone has a telephone, you know, why can't instead of just having a logo, you know, so easy, you can be visited, you can, the, the, you know, a little iPhone video, you know, and that can be posted on the company's website. And that's a kind of monitor. Or something. So that really helps us see because a logo, it can it equalizes it in, and it, how do you say, greenwashes, you know, so a lot of company greenwash their practices. I, I would just love to see more of that transparency in, and as you're doing, you know, harnessing the power of technology, it's there. In another age when we were all, you know, printed on paper and it was hard for us to get the visualization, we needed those kind of logos, but now we have so much more and why not use them? It doesn't cost very much. So the technology is in place, it's affordable. Uh, so it's possible to track the source of uh, agricultural products. I, my experience is, I think there is a, it's not a technological barrier. It's more like the industry, the agribusiness industry in general, they have to adopt the technology because in the, in the factory, in the industry, we, we don't have this control. We can offer the, the information, I think as part of MapBiomas, Amazon and the other organizations, our role is to make sure that the information is available. And connecting this information, yeah. and by the way, we 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 have now the capability to say if the deforestation is legal or illegal. It's not only how much was cleared. So this information is available. I think there is a, a need for the agri ag industry in general to adopt this. I've participated in some some meetings to discuss the, the, the technology it was mostly technologically driven the discussion. And we were saying, okay, we overcome came this. We, it's, it's, this, this technological barriers does not exist now. It's more like a, a political decision of this sector to adopt the technology. <clears throat> and then there are platforms now available like Trace in Europe, you have WRI also tracking, but if you investigate how companies are dealing with this, you, you realize that the adoption is very low. So in order to, to overcome this, I think that, that there is a need for a mindset change in the industry side, because the information is available, it's affordable, and it's possible to, to have on your, on your smartphone, 
the, the tracking of your, your agricultural products. And then more on the personal side, I guess, again, if you were to give a piece of advice to the younger generation or to your younger self, what would it be? Okay, it's probably about the age of my, my, my son, my oldest son. I, I keep telling him to listen to his heart. I think it's really important to understand what he, what he really passionate about. And I, I, I think in terms of the nature, environmental uh, issues in, in general that we, we are facing now, we need to connect more with nature to open up your heart for that. I think the, my, my what worries me, you have an, the amazing, this amazing opportunity to reach out information through, through technology, through internet. So it's what you choose now, what, where, what we're going to focus on, it's really critical. Find a balance, use technology and connect with nature. I think that's really, really critical for, I, there is big hope from, for your uh, generation because you have a better environmental education. I can see this, you are more aware about these issues, but get this aspect. Uh, you already mentioned, Marlene, that you have had great experiences. Go camping, discuss environmental, local environmental issues, and it's, it's a great opportunity now that I, I, I see with the, the future generation, engage in political campaign, pro-environment. So there are many options, but most important is to, to make sure that you use well the technology in your time and don't forget to engage with nature. Uh, what does the activism field look like in Brazil? I mean, we see now, as you say, there's there's been a lot of pressure um, put on, uh, a lot of really inspiring advances made by young people in particular. And I'd read that people and organizations who do most of the environmental damage are wealthier than 99% of the rest of the world. And when you really just absorb that, the people who are taking advantage and prospering are damaging the world for the rest of us. What is the scene in terms of activism, you know, putting political pressure? What is it like today on the ground? I see more movements on the ground, more awareness about the social environmental issues, and more, more young people engaged. I, at least uh, for the environmental crisis now that we are facing Brazil, the social media, when we track the social media, we see people expressing uh, their vision about the problem, complaining about the, the situation. I, yeah, I think I lost your question. Could you repeat that? No, I was, I was just curious about what it's like there in Brazil. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's really, sometimes it's, it's very, uh, difficult for me. I, I, I'm a scientist. I am working on this uh, area that is, has some level of information that we generate is really important. One of the uh, groups, stakeholders that we want to have activists to, to, to be better informed about the situation so that they can act against the deforestation trends. So, but my 
my personal understanding is that there are more groups, local groups engaged in social environmental issues, especially here in Brazil about the Amazon. We, we have to, in, in my case, for example, any, any type of campaign, I, I help with information, provide better information. I, sometimes I engage, but also making sure that they have better information to, to make decisions, to make better campaigns. I, it's, a, it's a very important aspect of, of this movement, global movement to, to improve sustainability in the planet. More on the personal side, if you were to give a piece of advice to the younger generation or to your younger self, what would it be? Okay, probably about the age of my, my, my son, my oldest son. I, I keep telling him to listen to his heart. I think it's really important to understand what he what he really passionate about. And I think in terms of the nature, environmental uh, issues in, in general that we, we are facing now, we need to connect more with nature to open up your heart for that. I think the, my, my what worries me, you have an, the amazing, this amazing opportunity to reach out information through, through technology, through internet. So it's what you choose now, what, where, what we're going to focus on, it's really critical. Find a balance, use technology and connect with nature. I think that's really, really critical. For I, There is big hopes from, for your uh, generation because you have a better environmental education I can see this, you are more aware about these issues, but get this aspect. You already mentioned, Marlene, that you have had great experiences. Go camping, discuss environmental, local environmental issues, and it's, it's a great opportunity now that I, I, I see with the, the future generation. Engage in political campaign, pro-environment, so there are many options. But most important is to, to make sure that you use well the technology and, and your time and don't forget to engage with nature. Uh, yes. So I think that it's wonderful what you're doing. I was so heartened to see that what is being done uh, because it really just helps us know what we're at risk of you know, losing. And so it's, it's important for people to know, as I say, the Amazon is a distant place these forests that people may never visit, but we all rely upon. So, and it just pu puts it all into perspective. It's not just the deforestation, as you say, it's the water cycle, it's climate change. It's these things, it's what we need to uh, have a, a future, a viable future on this planet. So I think, you know, in closing, in terms of, you know, what lessons have been important to you have helped you uh, pursue your, your life in terms of dedication to the environment. What, what were some of those lessons and what would you like young people to know, preserve and remember as you think about the kind of future we're leaving the next generation? Okay, it makes me reflect about the time where, when we were in a good path towards a more sustainable Amazon and deforestation was declining in a very fast pace. This was, I think, an amazing moment in, in my career. I was so uh, happy to see. And what 
really was astonishing was to see local engagement to, to protect the environment. So as I mentioned, we had several stakeholders representing different sectors of the local society signing for a zero deforestation pact. And uh, it's important to mention this because most of them were linked to the economic, uh, local economic activities. And they were seeing the value of the, the, the forest as part of their business. So when I, I perceived that people had that understanding, it brought me a lot of hope. When you have positive impact like that, the challenge is how to sustain this in the long term. And I don't think we were prepared for that. So we hope we will revert the, these deforestation trends, increasing trends, go back to the control of deforestation, but we have to think hard about how to keep it in the long term. A kind of bulletproof about government change, political change. And that's the big change that we need. Well, thank you so much for being instrumental in this big change and for all that you do. So thank you, Carlos Souza Jr., Amazon, and Mapiomas for all you've done to help Brazil and the Amazon, for helping us understand the consequences of deforestation and what we can do to restore our ecosystems, for your example of collaboration and showing how connected we all are and that if we respect and work in harmony with nature, it can save us. Thank you for adding your voice to the One Planet podcast. Thank you. One Planet podcast is produced by The Creative Process. This interview was conducted by Mia Funk and Marina Bufagni with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate interviews producer on this podcast was Marina Bufagni. Digital media coordinator is Hannah Story Brown. Theme music is written and performed by Juan Sanchez. We hope you've enjoyed this program. If you'd like to get involved in One Planet Podcast and be part of the climate change solution, just drop us a line at team at oneplanetpodcast.org. Thank you for listening.